friends, welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to inspire, encourage, and ignite your kingdom purpose while equipping you to reach your potential for a global harvest. Be sure to follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends so they can be encouraged. On today's episode, Nathan and Anna Burks, who pastor in Durant, Oklahoma, and who are part of the Next Gen team, are joined by their pastors, Joel and Krista McCoy, to talk about Pastor McCoy's experience as a business owner into full-time ministry and the importance of this generation's impact. You don't want to go anywhere, so let's get into today's episode. Nathan Burks here with my wife, Anna. We pastor in Durant, Oklahoma, Live Oak United Pentecostal Church, and we consider it a privilege to be speaking to you all today. Yes, to echo my husband, I would like to say, yes, thank you. Um, This is a true honor. We love being part of NextGen. We're new. Um, This is our first year on the committee, and so we haven't been able to be a part of too many events, but so far we have enjoyed what we've seen. We love being a part of the Oklahoma District. Uh, we originally, we come from the Texas District and where we served as youth secretary there for many years. Uh, we evangelized for many years as well, and now here we are pastoring in Oklahoma, and today we we do, we have a treat for you guys, and we are here with our pastor and pastor's wife, Brother Joel McCoy and Sister Krista McCoy, and I can't say enough about them. We love them so much. They are very much part of our lives. They have been for quite some time now, even before they became our pastor, and y'all are going to get to jump in on just a little conversation we're going to have with them today. Uh, I hope y'all will grow from this. Now, this is our first podcast, kind of for all of us, so we're a little bit outside of our element. We are very thankful for uh, the influence they have in our lives. And so I know that all of you out there that are listening, y'all are going to benefit greatly from what this wonderful man and uh, this wonderful woman have to say. Uh, Pastor McCoy, you evangelized for 11, 12 years uh, in in that uh, range of time, but you still travel to this day. You're still highly sought after, uh, but yet at the same time, you were a business owner before you became an evangelist, while you evangelized, and even now as a pastor. Uh, starting it off in your mid-20s, and now recently have celebrated five years of pastorate. Pastor McCoy, I'm going to hand this off to you, and I want you to speak to us on uh, the great importance of this current generation. It is basically the world-changing generation. This generation is going to be the ones that decide uh, the next president, the next world leaders, the next laws. They will decide uh, on so much for the future. And so I want you to speak to us on the importance of that generation being uh, young, apostolic, 
business owners, stewards, and then let that lead into connection with ministry um, because you have lived really on many angles here. And uh, how does this balance also with business and kingdom work? And uh, kind of just talk to us. This is very, very casual, and uh, we're really looking forward to what you have to say. Well, it is great to be here. And for those listening, uh, said a lot of things, a lot of really good things. I'll try to hope everybody believes those. I'm sure he gave me a lot more accolades than I need. I would tell you about my grandpa. My grandpa Lewis, he went in, he uh, went into the army and they told him, they said, William, he was a left, he was left-handed and he, he went in and they were boxing out there, some of the soldiers. And he said, man, I hit a guy, I was only a hundred and something pounds. He said, and I hit a guy with my left hand. He said, I knocked him down. Boy, he, he couldn't get up. He said, his training officer came over. He said, son, you're a natural born boxer. He said, I thought, huh? Well, I never knew I was a natural born boxer. He said, but they kept telling me and I started believing them. He said, pretty soon I thought I'm a natural born boxer. He said, next person they put me in the ring with hit me so hard. I didn't know which way I was walking. He said, I took my gloves off. I put them in my training officer's hands and told him, no, sir, I am not a natural born. So I'm always careful when people start telling me too much stuff. Because if you start believing it, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. But but I do have a little bit of experience. Um, business was something that I didn't really have a choice in being involved in. My dad evangelized for 10 years before he uh, came to Port Arthur and actually evangelized a little bit while he was there too. And the uh, church was not able to provide for him. You know, my grandfather was there. They had other needs as well. They went through some things. And so there just wasn't enough funds for that. And so starting businesses was just something they had to do. My mom was involved in business. All of my brothers and sisters, we were all involved in businesses that dad had. It helped pay the bills, helped to get it, cover everything. And so we just grew up in that. I think it's extremely, extremely important, especially in this generation, for us to have apostolic business owners. And, all, and, and for several reasons, which and I will put a plug in uh, for Kingdom Works Conference. I, I don't have the dates, but it's at Pastor Tuttle's Inviter. It's one of the most incredible conferences for business, apostolic business entrepreneurs and business owners that I've ever been to. And I don't know that we have, I don't think we have anything else like that in our movement. It is absolutely incredible. But um, one of the biggest reasons, obviously, is money. That same grandfather told me, he said, you know, money's not everything, but it sure helps when you go to buy stuff. Buildings are more expensive than they've ever been. Uh, I talked to a man today, he runs about six or 700, and they're trying to build a building that'll seat a thousand. Or 1500 and his quote for that building was 18 million dollars that's an incredible amount of money most people can't even fathom that and building prices just continue to go up 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 along with taxes and the wages are not increasing at the same level as expenses and so that that's a 
that's a lot of pressure on a church. It's a lot of pressure on a pastor, a lot of pressure on a church family. And, uh, you know, having the funds, having apostolic business owners that are making money and able to put those funds into the kingdom to work in the kingdom. Can you imagine a world where we had enough business owners, a missionary never had to come off the field. We never had, you know, when it came time to build a church, we were able to build a church. We were able to do that. It, it, I mean, it's there. It's there. Um, I believe that, you know, scripture says when it came time, Solomon was going to build the temple. I believe it was Solomon. I hate to get that fact wrong as a pastor, but I believe it was Solomon. He, you know, they were like, hey, how are we going to get the money to build the building? He said, you know what? Put a box out there. Don't even let anybody see what anybody else is giving. And he said, I want, want the people just to give as God has given to them. And people started giving. Next thing you know, the Bible says they were having to add rooms on to the tabernacle just to hold the gifts that people were giving. It was there. The ability was there. I still believe that we have people that have the education, the understanding of business, um, and God has given them those gifts because he wants to bless the kingdom, not, not necessarily for personal gain, but to move the kingdom forward and to reach people we've never reached before without living in debt. I don't like debt. The borrower is slave to the lender, and so I believe in that. Uh, another thing is in the atmosphere that we live in now, I mean, you, if you want to not get a job, go in there and tell them, hey, I need Wednesday nights off for church and I need Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. It's just, oh my, well, that's not realistic. But I can remember a time when you went to church, you, hey, I got to have these days off for church. And even in, even in the church world today, there are people that think that's a little crazy. And I've shift workers in the church. I understand. I worked at a refinery for years. I worked uh, turnarounds, shutdowns, was a boiler maker. And so I understand, I understand that life, but uh, it'd be incredible to have apostolic business owners that are saying, hey, we, we're going to work around church schedules. We're going to work around things that allow us to be a part of things going on in the local church, things going on in the kingdom. When you own the business, you can make a lot of decisions like that. But uh, there's such, such a need for it in today's society and i can't think of a single church that would not benefit from a apostolic business owner someone someone that knows the business someone that wants to do it along with the blessings of god on their life and someone that is getting these funds someone somewhere all around us people are starting businesses and they are making money and it's doing nothing for the kingdom. It's furthering the things of the world. It's furthering things that we don't support. I absolutely believe that God is wanting to raise up men and women that he can bless financially, who can support the kingdom and make a difference in the kingdom and use those funds for good. Now, the key is for us to be the kind of people that can have a right spirit, that can be blessed without being pulled away from the very blessings that God is trying to let flow into our lives for the sake of the kingdom. And so I believe it's a very, very important thing in uh, this generation, more so than ever, more so than ever, I believe it. I believe we've got the most educated generation. School, I mean, nowadays your master's is your new bachelor's, your doctorate is your new master's. I mean, we've got people that are educated, they're able, and um, I've seen just such a 
need for an increase in apostolic business owners and business entrepreneurs. And so those are a big thing. And I'll tell you another thing that helps when apostolics are involved in business is when they're also involved in their local church and they're involved in the kingdom. A lot of people, I, I meet people like this a lot of time. Now I'm, you know, I'm, things are starting to come into my mind. I've met a lot of business owners who don't feel like they have a place. All we do, you know, we, we make money. We do this. And I tell them, I'm like, let me tell you something. The, that church van, I have a man here. He, he says, you know what? I work hard. I, I have my business. I don't have a lot of time to be involved in everything else. But there's a church van out there that's picking up people every day. It's, it's going. It's helping in youth. It's helping in Sunday school, uh, picking up people for Sunday school when needed or bringing rides, giving rides to people for church. That van is on that parking lot because that man paid for it. There is some remodeling that has been done because of that man. There are needs in the church, even family needs that have been taken care of because of that man. And I try to tell them, let me tell you something. You are involved in the kingdom. You are making such a difference in so many lives. We've had missionaries come through and I've got business owners that come up and they're like, hey, I know we, you know, I know we're not in ministry, but we want to be a blessing. I said, that is ministry. That is ministry. God is using you. God, God, I mean, we've got missionaries we have just sent completely back onto the field, didn't have to spend any time raising any more money because we've got businessmen that God has blessed who have a giving spirit, who want to give back. We have kids in our Christian school, cannot afford to be there, even with the tuition as lower as what it is. But we have businessmen in here. They're like, hey, what do those families need to put their kids in? That is ministry. I think it's very important that we don't develop an attitude to where people that are blessed by God to have business abilities and uh, opportunities that they have taken and really made something with that they don't feel like they're connected because they don't sing the solo or because they don't play an instrument, but they're faithful to the house of God. They're in, I mean, they pray, they live for God, they bring people. They're not involved on some, on the same level as some others when it comes to, you know, things like music and teaching or this and that, because their business is a lot, they're still involved. I think it's very important that we let them know, hey, you make a tremendous difference to the kingdom and God is blessing you and those blessings are helping others and you are not a second-rate Christian because you're a business person. That That is a way that God is using you. I think it's very important to let them know, hey, you. some people are gifted to sing a solo. Some people are gifted to play an instrument. Some are gifted in teaching. There are also some that are gifted in business and are able to give back in a way that helps so much financially. When it came to the tabernacle, there were, hey, there were priests that operated in the tabernacle, but there were also people that were gifted in the working of iron, people that were gifted with working with wood, people that were gifted in you know, working with the gold. They had giftings and abilities that God wanted to use. And they're absolutely essential to the kingdom. And I, I think for a long time, whether they, we, you know, whether anybody meant to or not, you have businessmen that kind of feel a little disconnected and don't see where they fit into that realm of things, but yet they give to everything. Now, I'm not talking about somebody that has a great business and they show up, you know, they're, they're not living for God. They're not praying. They just give an offering. I'm talking about 
apostolic business owners who they're in the prayer meeting every time they can be at that prayer meeting. They're they're bringing people. They're they're doing everything they can to live for God and to reach others as well. Absolutely, I think that's such an incredible thing, and we need to we need for people to know that that that's a gift. God God is using you in that area. You know, that, I don't know if that answered your question. No, yeah, it it does, and I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you, you said a whole lot more than just answer that simple question. But uh, I think that sometimes it's a little uh, taken out of context. Uh, you know, go to church. Uh, being apostolic doesn't necessarily mean you, you have to be uh, poor and uh, look terrible or anything like that. No, 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 no. I, I agree completely with what you're saying, that God puts the giftings in people. And I believe that it's it can be considered a ministry. Now, whenever we say ministry, a lot of times we're talking about, uh, you know, the man in the pulpit or uh, the youth leader or the music director. And everybody really wants to tag ministry in with the hashtag of position. Just those roles only yeah, in the church. Yeah, just those roles only in the church. Mm -hmm. But in reality, um, being a business owner, being a young business owner, does speak volumes to the fact that uh, God can use you to further the kingdom locally and then abroad. I think that it's very, very important to have uh, that if you are a business owner and you're listening to this and maybe you're wanting to start a business, uh, maybe you've already gone to your pastor just here recently and you've wanted to talk to them about, uh, you know, uh, pastor, help us pray for this and fast over this because we want to start a business. Realize that uh, God is calling you to be a great support and a great pillar uh, to that man of God and to that local church and invest every bit of who you are into both. And I believe that you can do both, uh, the balance of the business and the church. Uh, realize that uh, promotion always comes from the Lord, and God's not going to promote you with anything that is going to take you out of His presence. Understand, that's uh, we, we have this concept in us that, oh man, look at the new job I just got, but it takes you three Sundays out of four away from the church. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, in my opinion, that's not the will of the Lord. Uh, whenever I see it in Scripture, uh, faithfulness has a lot to do with promotion from the Lord. And so whenever it comes down to the business owner, you, you have a great ministry. You really do. And that ministry is to further the kingdom where you are by any means that God has blessed you with, kingdom locally and globally abroad. And so don't ever think of yourself as being disconnected because you're not singing or you're not teaching or you don't have that particular position. As pastor has already said it, sometimes what God has called you to do is to make sure that there are things in the church that get taken care of. He gifted you with the ability to make sure the man of God's taken care of, the church is taken care of. And I believe that's that's a wonderful ministry in itself and should never be looked down upon. Nobody should ever turn their nose up. So those of you that are business owners out there and are aspiring to be, at some point, you're, you're not just going to be a business owner. You're going to be an employer. And uh, Pastor McCoy, you've, you have uh, worked a whole lot in construction. You've had construction crews. 
um, and people that have worked under you. You've, you've probably had some pretty good experiences, some pretty bad experiences. And, but through all of that, uh, you even as a business owner, it never gave you an exemption or a get out of will of God free card. You still had to remain holy in all your decisions with people, godly. You had to walk circumspectly. Your integrity had to be pure. Uh, speak to us a little bit about uh, making sure that we are witnesses in all things, even even in our businesses. Well, absolutely. I mean, like I tell people, um, the Holy Ghost it should change your life. I had a man come in here once. He's like, I, you know what? I don't know if I can go to go to Pentecost Church. That's a cult. And I said, Well, let me tell you something. I said, I don't, I don't know about everybody else. I said, but if you find you a cult that tells you to be a friend to people that are mean to you, tells you to be kind to everybody you meet, to love everybody regardless of color, regardless of where they came from or what side of the tracks they live on, if you find a cult that tells you be a better husband, be a better father, be a better friend, love people all around you, treat everybody the best you can, love people regardless of what they're going through and to be a be teaches you to be a better employer and a better employee and to love God, join it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that it's not that I, and, but I, you know, it's not a cult, but I absolutely believe that if we're full of the Holy ghost. Paul says he leads us and guides us in all truth. It should make us, if you're an employer, it should make us the best employer we can be. If it, if we're an employee, we should be a better employee. Um, in fact, I, I don't want to get myself in trouble here. I, I don't want to run your podcast, but if anything, you know, we need to teach people, hey, if there's a man or a woman that is in that church and they give you a job, don't, don't give them half of, the labor you would or a lesser version of yourself than you would to, you know, an employer that maybe you did not go to the church. No, give them everything you've got. You, we, everywhere we go, everywhere we work, we represent Jesus Christ. We represent him. There are people that know what we believe and are watching how we react and how we act in every single way. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's so important and you you mentioned something earlier. I, I did want to. I, I meant to say this earlier. Talking about manage, uh, talking about business and mm -hmm. the difference it can make. We love the story of Joseph. Mm -hmm. We love, you know, he's a he's he's a dreamer. He sees the dreams that God has for him, and those dreams take him into a lot of places. They take him to Potiphar's house, but in Potiphar's house, God blesses him, but he's still working. And like he, like you just mentioned, Sister uh, Burks, you know, every opportunity there, if God allows something to come to your life, it's not just a coincidence. It is an opportunity to learn, to grow, a door to walk through, or an opportunity to, to get closer to him. Joseph is given the opportunity to be in Potiphar's house. God's hand is upon him. Joseph doesn't just sit there and say, okay, well... You know, I wait for God to do it. The Bible says that he learned everything. He started taking over and it got to the place where the Bible says that Pharaoh didn't know anything 
about any of his business, any of his stuff. He said he knew nothing of his own house except for the bread that was set before him. Joseph took over all of it. He learned to manage at the highest level. And then, of course, we know through the story he is accused of something he didn't do with Potiphar's wife, and he's cast into prison. Even then, even then, God's hand was on him, and he kept working. And the Bible says that it got to where the, the man that was over the prison, he put everything in Joseph Joseph's care. He said everything that was in Joseph's care, he didn't even check on it. Joseph learned to manage at the highest level and the lowest level. Later on, when he's brought before Pharaoh, he's brought before Pharaoh not because of his management ability or his ability to, to uh, make decisions in business matters. He's brought before Pharaoh to tell him what a dream meant. And he tells, he tells Pharaoh, he says, you know, the, the seven lean cattle eating up the seven fat cattle, the seven lean corn eating up the, you know, seven good ears of corn. He said, it means you're going to have seven years of plenty like you've never known. And then you're going to have seven years of famine like you've never known. Now that's the dream. God revealed the dream. And if that's all that Joseph had to offer, the king that's probably right. would like, okay, here's a gift, here's this, you yeah. know, I'll let you go out of prison. That's the end of it. But Joseph didn't just show up with a dream. He learned how to operate right. at the yeah. highest level of business management at Potiphar's house. He'd also learned to work with the lowest of the low in the prison yard. He said he didn't stop at the dream. He went one step further. He said, look, here's the dream, but now I can tell you what to do with it too. In the seven years of plenty, build storehouses, build this, build that, store this amount up for this. Then when the seven years of famine come, you'll have this, this, and this, and you'll be able to give it to the people. And my goodness, Pharaoh looks around. He says, well, who else can I get right. to run this? You don't only have the dream. I love the dream, but you've got a plan too. Well, where did Joseph learn yeah. that plan? He didn't learn it at his daddy's house wearing his coat of many colors. In fact, the Bible says the boys were watching the sheep. Yeah. Joseph was at home. Yeah. He learned it in Potiphar's house. He learned it in the prison. He learned to manage. And because of his ability on two sides, so it's, it's a two-sided coin. On one side, he learned to be sensitive to God. He learned to follow God. He learned to be kingdom-minded, if you will, spiritually-minded, and he represented himself well. Even in a play, even in an environment like many work in where no one knew, you know, no one was watching him. Pastor couldn't see him. He kept himself. Yeah. He guarded himself. And it, it it mattered. It got the attention of those around him. But he also learned business. And so when it came time to make a difference, Joseph was set over the entire country of Egypt, not number on one side because of his walk with God and because of his ministry, if you will. You know, he sees these visions and these dreams and he's able to help other people, but also because of his ability in business and his ability to manage and to lead. And it literally saved his entire family and the entire country. So we absolutely need spirit-filled, spirit-minded, kingdom-minded business owners yeah. who can make a difference in the kingdom and can also make it in the world around us in the financial aspect of it. And, um, you know, I, I believe in that. absolutely believe in that. But you have to be aware. I believe if Joseph at any point of that would have said, I'll say, you know what? My pastor can't see me. Daddy can't see me. No, I'm in a straight. I'll just, I'm going to do this, do that. 
I believe it would, would have cut off all the opportunities that God was bringing his way. But the Bible says, till it, uh, till it came to pass, the word of the Lord tried him. And Joseph stayed faithful to what was right, what was true. If your boss is making fun of you and people are saying things, hey, careful, we represent him. God will, God will do his part. He never fails and he never falls short. I don't know if that answered. Yeah, no, that was that was great. I think that that answer even goes many places where it hits home with many people. Even those that are not business owners. Yeah. But they're just, they're an employee or they're in positions of management. But you still have responsibility. You do. And remember, Pete, everybody, everybody can smile and act like they got it all together when things are going their way. But I'll tell you when the world starts watching. And I've had people tell me, even when I was in business, not owning the business, but I was working for people. I remember one individual, they I wasn't even preaching that, but they knew my dad was a preacher, so they called me Rev. And they were like, you know what? Why don't you say this? Why don't you, you, you know, you, you you could cuss. You can do that. Why, go ahead. You know, you. I was like, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. I said, I, you know, I need to be careful. But I remember on one in particular time, it was a rough day. And I was tired. Everything was going on. The job wasn't going well. And, man, and I had somebody, uh, one of the units I was on, something had happened with some of the piping we were putting in and whatever. And everybody was having to work extra hours. I mean, everybody's frustrated, everybody. And boy, they went in that room and man, they were just letting it go. I mean, they cussing at everything that moved and even now sitting over there and I was just like, God, man, I, I feel like going home. This has been rough, but I, I I'm not going, I'm not going to be a part of this. I, I got to be careful. They know who I am and all it takes is for a moment for me to ruin everything I've told them. I said, I'm not going to do it. And so, boy, they kept coming over and they were saying, I said, and, and not because I'm anybody, but I was trying to be careful. I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to destroy, uh, you know, all the good. And I, I said, well, you know, it's all right. We'll figure it out. And I was just, I, I, I was, I was talking one way and feeling another because I felt like quitting. I felt like giving, it was a rough day. It was a long day. On the worst day of that job, I've, I, I hadn't had any incidents before that. And that job went for months. On the worst day of that job, that's when a guy came up and he said, Rev, I want to know some more about what you believe. He said, today, he said, I was curious what would come out today because we hadn't really had any issues. The job was a pretty good job. Today was rough. He said, and I was curious what would change on a day like this. So you have to be, if you're ever going to be overly careful, those moments where it's the easiest to just respond and let, that's when they're really watching. Because they know it's easy to act like you got it all together and act like the Christian we're supposed to be when things are going good and there's no conflict. But when your boss comes after you for something you didn't do, you got somebody cussing at you, you got somebody going after you and making fun of you, tearing you down, somebody's on the sideline watching to see What's going to come out? Who are you really? Because in a conflict is when you find out who somebody really is. That's good. That's really good. That's good. What would you say to someone that in that moment they lost their integrity or they caved into a moment? Uh, I've talked you know, several different people in moments like that. They, they felt like I failed. I had a wrong attitude. Or 
felt like I wasn't the best Christian example. I got so angry or whatever. What would you say to someone that um, is there a way for them to be restored in the sense of a workplace or a position of authority or wherever if they... Absolutely. So, you know, if if given the uh if given the we'll call it the opportunity to do well when everything is going wrong, if you pass if you miss that opportunity and you react in a way you shouldn't, if God follows it right up with another opportunity, that's the opportunity to come back and say, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. It wasn't a right spirit for me to have. I shouldn't have reacted that way. I'm not perfect you know what, I've still got a long way to go, but I shouldn't have reacted like that. And I apologize. I, uh, I, I can do better than that. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that I, uh, I reacted that way, or I'm sorry I let that get the best of me. Even in that, your testimony still comes through because most people are like, because you know what they're probably going to say, like, oh man, no big deal. But most, but Man, that's big for you to come back because we know we're not perfect. They know we're not perfect. If we're trying to prove to them we're perfect, well, that's a losing battle. What we're trying to prove to them and what we're trying to show them is that you can do better. You can change if you'll just continue to grow in your walk with God. We're not perfect. But even when I fail, and the Bible says the righteous fall seven times and get back up. He says, so the best of us fall. And if somebody's sitting there and they're watching, they see us fall, then the greatest thing that we can show them is how we get back up and get back to it. Thank you, Brother McCoy, for uh, joining us on uh, Next Gen Podcast and for everything that you've said here. And for all of those out there, uh, you're, you're in that age group, you're in that season of life with both uh, opportunities in college uh, degree opportunities, entrepreneuring ideas, and those that are, uh, you've worked yourself up. You have started at the bottom, and now you are possibly uh, management or uh, great leadership in companies. And uh, what we encourage you to do is uh, please remember that you uh, are still supposed to be not just a witness, but a disciple maker. Uh, which goes beyond just the idea of soul winning. But uh, we, we have got to be, as they would say, Christians in all things. And that is more than just believers in Christ. We have got to be Christ-like when they see us. Paul would say, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, the word follow there is actually where we get our word for mirror. He's saying, I'm trying to mirror Christ. And so what I do, I'm encouraging you to do mirror what's going on. And so I encourage you, um, as we close this particular segment, coming up, we will have Sister McCoy. We have heard uh, the voice of Pastor McCoy, but now we get to hear uh, the better half as we're saving the best for last. And uh, and we are very excited and uh, anticipating what she will have to say here in just a moment. God bless you. I encourage you. Keep your head up. Uh, next-gen leaders, uh, next-gen audience, uh, go out, start your business, take a leap, walk by faith. It's all right. God's got you. Thank you for listening with us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Oklahoma Next-Gen Leaders podcast and social media so you can stay up to date on our newest content. 
Until next time, we pray this episode ignites something within you.